Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to an audio discussion. <laughs> I'm so glad for my friends that are here uh, with me today, James and Lee and my friend Werewolf. I'm really just, I'm always so glad to see you guys here. Um, it just makes my day. And I'm excited for what Yah has uh, to share with us today. You know, as I was um, doing the presentation that I did yesterday on reports from under the desk and, you know, praying about what to bring. It's just like y'all just starts bringing stuff, one thing right after another. And it's amazing to me. Um, Lee and James have been reading the story of um, Maccabees um, on our channel. And it's all about the rededication of the temple. And everything that I'm finding is pointing towards the temple right now, because that's the season that we're in. This is Hanukkah right now. And so it's amazing that um, all the different studies of the temple, and I didn't plan it this way. Y'all must have planned it this way, because at the same time that they're reading Maccabees, I've been doing the uh, presentation on the kings and prophets, and it's been all about Solomon building the, uh, the temple. And it's just amazing how this thread is running. And so a lot of what I have to share today, um, it really centers around all of that. So I'm going to go ahead because I, I have a lot on, of course, my presentation. So I'm going to add this to the screen and let's start taking a look. So I didn't have this part until last night when Bill Cloud was teaching on this. And I went, oh, my goodness, there's a whole nother piece. So I'm not teaching what he was teaching, which he had a fantastic message. I was kind of talking about that a little bit today, but he, you know, I can't do what he did justice. So make sure you go watch what he did last night because it was 
fabulous. And it gave me a lot of hope and a lot of peace, which um, is definitely needed. Right. But I have something that uh, it stuck out to me out of this passage as I heard him sharing it last night. So let's just start here in Revelation three, verse uh, seven. And so he was talking about um, how, you know, we understand these messages to the seven churches as time periods. And, and I've always looked at that, too. So kind of keep that in mind. This would be the sixth one. So it would be those who are who are, are living, you know, right before that seventh day begins, right? And and basically all hell breaks loose, right? All right. So let's just read through this. Uh, Revelation 3, uh, starting in verse 7. And to the angel of the called out assembly in, Philad in Philadelphia, write, these things says he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength and have guarded my word and have not denied my name. So who's he talking about? He's talking to those who have been faithful. And even though things have been really tough and, and we have that little strength, I look at that. A lot of what I look at is, is um, compared to the angelic realm that's trying to destroy us because they're so jealous <laughs> that that we are going to become Beneha Elohim and they're going to end up dying like man, that they do everything they can to try to destroy Yah's people, you know, because they can't kill him. Right. So we have little strength compared to their, you know, abilities, but that's okay. We have him and that's all we need. So it says, for you have a little strength, you've guarded my word and you've not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Yahudim and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I've loved you. And, and now, so he's, he's, he is. Bill Cloud really pointed out, and I totally agree with this. They're not coming to worship us at our feet. They're coming, you know, to worship the King Yahusha for every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is King of all, <laughs> that he is Lord of all. Right. And, and, and every knee is going to bow to him, but we're going to get to see it. We're going to get to see it happen. And, and they're going to all know that he, the king of the universe, has loved us. They're going to know that I have loved you because you have guarded the word of my patience. I will also guard you from the hour of calamity, which shall come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon upon the earth. So there is something coming. I mean, we can all feel it in the air, right? We can, <laughs> what was that old Phil Collins songs? I can feel it coming in the air tonight, <laughs> right? You can kind of feel what's being stirred up and, and that it's coming. Somebody's got to be remaining in peace and having the answer in the midst of it all as the whole world goes nuts right? Somebody's got to still be steadfast with their eyes 
upon Yahusha and say, you know what? I may, I, I, I don't have the ability to control this storm, but I know the one who's in control of this storm. And I know where my peace comes from. And I know where my hope comes from, right? There's got to be some of us that are faithful. It's rightly every day we are under attack, right? So because you've guarded the word of my patience, I will also guard you from the hour of calamity, which shall come upon the whole world and try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast, which you have, that no man take your crown. What's he telling us? He's saying, don't lose your cool. Don't lose your peace. Don't lose your hope. Hold on to what you know is true. You know, it'll pass. It'll pass. Him that overcomes, right? Him that overcomes, will I make a pillar? And here it is. I just couldn't, this is amazing to me. Him that overcomes, will I make a pillar in the temple of my Elohim, right? The what do the pillars do? Their 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 strength, they uphold, you know, the porch. And and you're gonna see something amazing in here when I when I get into kings with this. Um because it just blew me away. So him that overcomes, will I make a pillar in the temple of my Elohim and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my Elohim. I mean, it, it's promised that, that those, you know, the, the winds are held back until those that are his are sealed in their forehead and their forehead. Right. I mean, it's an, it's amazing. And so we're seeing the same word of promise right here, the same truth. I will write upon him the name of my Elohim and the name of the city of my Elohim, which is renewed Yerushalayim, which comes down out of heaven from my Elohim. And I will write upon him my new name. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Ruach says to the called out assemblies. This is amazing. Okay. So I wanted to, I was seeing more in this. So um, let's go to first John chapter three, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of Elohim. This is the B'nai Ha Elohim. This is the term that, that infuriates the fallen ones, the fallen angelic realm. This is what sends them into a tailspin. The fact that we puny humans get to have this title, right? <laughs> because of the love of the love of the father that's been bestowed upon us, right? Behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the B'nai Ha Elohim. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew not him, right? Right now, people in this world system, they don't understand who we are and what we stand for. We're, we're an enigma to them, a mystery. They're, we look foolish to them, right? It won't always be so. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are, now are we the sons of Elohim, the Beneha Elohim, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, right? It, it's not evident yet. We hold that position, but it's not easily seen. It's, it's, it's discerned spiritually. But we know 
that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man, every person, right? All of mankind that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure, even as our Mashiach is pure. This is what our repentance and our, our daily asking, Yah, right-size me, help me, help me to walk the way you, that you walk, help me to live according to the standards of your word. You know, this is what all this is about. It's all in preparation for what hasn't been revealed yet. There is a great I mean, something amazing is getting ready to happen to those that are his <laughs> amazing. Uh, it doesn't appear yet what we shall be <laughs> for. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Amazing. Right. So we purify ourselves. All right. Now let's look at this story that we find about Hanukkah in John chapter 10. I'm so appreciative that James and Lee, what a labor of love it is because those are some tough books to read and it's a lot and it's taking a lot. It's taken a lot of their time. And I'm so grateful that they were willing to do that for this community to be willing. There's plenty of people that may not have access to the book of Maccabees, right? Uh, and, and the fact that Lee and James have taken their time to read that so that we can have greater understanding. I'm very appreciative of what they've done there. All right, so let's look at Yahusha and the Feast of Hanukkah for a minute. All right, so we find it in John chapter 10. Let's start in verse 22. And it was at Yerushalayim, the Feast of Hanukkah, and it was winter. And Yahushua walked in the temple of Shalomo's porch. All right. We're going to be looking at all that. But this is where he was. He was walking on the porch. Okay. Keep that in mind. It's very important. Then came the Yahudim round about him and said unto him, How long do you make us to doubt? If you be Hamashiach, tell us plainly. So, you know, people that are trying to figure out or that even want to discredit they're not coming into the temple. They're coming up to the porch. They're coming up to the door, right? The doorway. Okay. What's on the porch. Think about it. You know, I mean, in the South, it's a big thing. We, we like to gather on the front porch in the rocking chairs and have a glass of sweet tea. I grew up that way. That was one of our favorite things to do. That's where you gathered, you gathered on the porch, right? So, then came the Yahudim round about him and said unto him, How long do you make us to doubt? If you be Hamashiach, tell us plainly. Yahushua answered them, I told you. <laughs> already told you. And you believed not. The works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And I love that because I, actually that you see here how this word man is in gray and it's italicized. It means that you don't find that in the original Hebrew. It's been inserted there. Um, by speakers of English that think that they're going to give us a greater understanding to what this means. 
I actually like it better without it inserted in there because you don't find it in the original, right? It says, neither shall any pluck them, shall any. And this includes powers and principalities, right? It's not just mankind we're dealing with. It's powers and principalities. Okay. So neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave to me, right? My father gave these people to me is greater than all. And no, no man, no one or nothing, no power, nothing is able to pluck these people out of my hand, out of my father's hand. You know, we have the ability to walk away. We have free will, but no one has the authority to come and snatch us out of his hand. We are his and, and we, we live and move and have our being in him, right? I and my father are a cod. What does it mean? We are one. We are one. We don't serve a multitude of gods. We serve one God, one Elohim, the creator of all of heaven and earth. All right. Then the Yahudim took up stones again to stone him. He just ticked them off with what he had to say there. And Yahusha answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Yahudim answered him saying, for a good work, we stone you not, but for blasphemy. And because that you being a man, make yourself Elohim. Yahusha answered them, is it not written in the writings I said, ye are Elohim? So what's what's he referring to right there? He's referring to Psalm 82, where Yah deals with the rebellious angels who have lost their first estate that's been talked about in Jude, right? That's what the book of Jude is talking about. If he called them Elohim, unto whom the word of Elohim came and the scripture cannot be broken. Say ye of him whom the father has sanctified and sent into the world. Ye blaspheme because I said, I am the son of Elohim. I do not the works of my, if I do not the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went away again beyond the Yarden into the place where Yochanan at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, Yochanan did no miracle, but all things that Yochanan spoke of this man were true, and many believed on him there. This is what I love. Many believed on him there when, during the Feast of Hanukkah, during the message that they heard on the porch, right? And, and so this is what I wanted to get to here. What else do we see here? Now we're going to go into Zechariah. We're looking at what do we find on the porch? Okay. Zechariah chapter four, starting in verse one says, and, and the angel that talked with me came again and, and woke me, like, and waked me, right? He woke me up 
as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. So he wasn't asleep, but something, this angel that came to talk with him, shook him awake, got his attention, got him focused, right? As somebody who's been awoken out of a sleep, right? And said unto me, what do you see? And I said, I have looked and behold a menorah, all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. Okay. So in Revelation, we're dealing with the seven churches. We've got a menorah here in Zechariah. We have seven feasts of Yahweh. We've got seven ruachs of Yahweh as found in um, Isaiah 11, 2. Um, we know that these were given as a gift from Mashiach to his people, to his bride as like part of the ketubah in, on the feast of Shavuot. Okay, so there's a lot of symbolism in here and it's for his people. So he's asking him, what do you see? And he said, I have looked and behold a menorah, all of gold, right? Gold, the pure, rare, wonderful metal that the temple was, you know, just covered in with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof and two olive trees by it. One upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side of the bowl. Okay. All right. So they're positioned. Okay. Uh, they've each got a position and there are two and there are two trees. What do we know from New Testament scriptures? There was the natural olive tree. Some of the branches were broken off. Some branches of a wild olive tree a skion was made in the side of the olive tree and those wild branches were grafted in, okay, as part of the natural tree. This is the story of redemption, how Yah has made a way for all of us. The next mercy poured forth I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do about that process, about the natural and wild olive tree. So I'll dig more into that then. I'm getting it prepared now. <laughs> hopefully I'm going to have to record it because next week I have to take the whole week off because I'm going to have a house full of guests. So uh, whatever I do is going to have to be recorded before they all get here. And I won't be back until we're in 2023. Okay. All right. So, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side. So I answered and spoke to the angel that talked with me saying, what are these, my Adonai? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, know you not what these be? And I said, no, my Adonai. Then he answered and spoke unto me saying, this is the word of Yahweh unto Zerubbabel saying, not by might, not by, nor by power, but by my Ruach says Yahuwah Zavaot, right? The Lord of all the host of, of army angels uh, that we're not going to accomplish things by our might and by our power, but everything that we accomplish and everything that is accomplished will be by his Ruach, which he's given us as 
a gift that as he gave the bridegroom, gave the, the bride a gift as we wait, as he goes to, he gave us a wedding present as we wait because he has gone to prepare a place for us right? And all we're to do is to keep our garments white, to purify ourselves. That's our job right now is to purify and make sure that our garments are unstained, that our wedding garment is, is as it should be. All right. In verse, I'm still in Zechariah 4. I'm in verse 7. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, grace, grace unto it. I believe he's probably referring to everything that opposes us, which would have been Mount Hermon, right? Where where the, the uh, watchers took up residence, right? And he's saying, before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. You're no mountain to me, right? Because the headstone... Who was that? Our cornerstone, Yahusha, <laughs> comes with shoutings and cryings, grace, grace unto these, my people, right? Moreover, the word of Yahweh came unto me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And you shall know that Yahweh Zavaot has sent me unto you. So uh, this is like the word of prophecy laying this down for who has despised the day of small things for they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. Okay. What's a plummet. It, it's making sure that things are straight. That's what a plummet line is for. It makes sure that walls are straight in a building of a temple. Okay. All right. They are the eyes of Yahweh which run true and fro through the whole earth. Now we know that it tells us, I believe it's in second Chronicles seven sixteen, that says the eyes of Yahweh run to and fro through the whole earth, looking for those that are complete, whose hearts are completely his. This is what he's looking for. So there's a connection to that out of second Chronicles. Then answered I and said unto him, what are these two olive trees upon the right side of the menorah and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, what be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes emptied the golden oil out of themselves? Welcome, Nina. Good to see you here. Welcome, Jennifer. Oh, good to see you today. And he answered me and said, know you not what these be? And I said, no, my Adonai. Then he said, these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Adonai of the whole earth. Now, what have we been told uh, before? You know, in, in the new covenant scriptures, we're told, you know, when everything's coming against you, stand therefore in Ephesians with, and with your armor on, right? So, you know, stand therefore. And I, I've done a whole audio teaching on that, but, but this is what we're, we're getting told again. And so we're looking at the anointed ones. So I wanted to dig into that. So the anointed ones is B'nai Yitshar, right? So here we've got B'nai. What do we know that is? They're, that's the sons. 
right? That's those, that's the children of Yah. Okay. So that's B'nai. And here they're called B'nai Yitzar. Okay. So they're, they're the anointed sons. They're not just the sons. They're the anointed sons that stand by Adonai of the whole earth. Right. So I wanted to look at that. So what is this? It's oil, Yitzar. Okay. In the Brown Driver Briggs, it tells us that it's the sons of oil that stand for Adonai. Look at it here. We've got the house of the genome that's working, the house of the generations that work, right? This is B'nai. This is, this is those who are in his house that are still going forth generation after generation after generation that are doing the work of the right hand that are doing the deeds of the right hand. Who's at the right hand? Yahusha. He is at the right hand of Yah. Okay, Yitzar. It's it's another thing for oil. I've always looked at, you know, oil as the shimon, but here's another word for the oil. It's the Yitzar, right? Uh, amazing. So in the Hebrew, it doesn't it doesn't start with the with the uh yod. It starts with the ha, right? Because it's, it's got the v right? So it's like, wow, be amazed. Look at this that's happening. We've got the, the Yitzar. Okay. So this is deeds of the genome of the generations. It's the work of the generations that are beholding, right? Thoughts, good thoughts, right ways of thinking. Okay. That's the oil. We, we've, we've ordered, we have the mind of Yahusha. That's what it's saying here. When you look at it, those are the anointed ones, the ones who think like he thinks. Why? Because they have put their minds on his word. All right. So now let's look at something that connects this a little further. I had to do this out of several versions to actually get myself a good picture. So I started here in the New Living Translation. All right. But I had to pull from lots of places. The first thing I know is that bronze is not the correct word in this. OK, it would be copper because Yah hates mixture. And he tells us not to be mix, mixing and mingling things. Right. And bronze and and brass are mixtures of of different alloys. It would be copper is the pure metal that this would have been. And I can, uh, when we look into the etymology of the word that it proves out. So it's a bad translation when you're seeing things that have to do with the temple and they're telling you they were made of bronze or brass. That's not correct. It's copper. Okay. For the tops of the pillars, he cast copper capitals each seven and a half feet tall. Each capital was decorated with seven sets of latticework and interwoven chains. He also encircled the latticework with two rows of pomegranates to decorate the capitals over the pillars. So he's made these pillars and he's put like something that's almost like a, 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 a covering over them. The capitals on the columns inside the entry room were shaped like water lilies. They were six feet tall. The capitals on the two pillars had 200 pomegranates in two rows around them beside the rounded surface next to the latticework. Haram, 
set the pillars at the entrance of the temple, one toward the south and one toward the north. He named one on the south, Jachin, and the one on the north, Boaz. The capitals on the pillars were shaped like water lilies. And so the work on the pillars was finished. So there's this, this, this thing on the top right? That that's shaped like a water lily, but that it's, it's also, we see that they are like lattice work. Okay. All right. So now let's look at it in King James. All right. King James version, reading the exact same thing, but out of King James. And so first King seven sixteen, and he made two chapters of molten brass. Okay. Here he's calling them bronze. Now, they're being called brass, they're copper, okay? And he made two chapters of molten brass to set upon the tops of the pillars. The height of one chapter was five cubits, okay? So this is important how this, it's being described here in cubits and the number five, because everything, things would not have been, the New Living Translation has it as seven and a half feet tall, right? It, nothing would have been counted that way. That's a, a an, Americanized way of, of counting things, right? So it, everything would have been done in cubits, okay? So five is significant here. So one of them had five cubits and the height of the other chapter was five cubits. So you've got two uh, of these uh, things that are, are on the pillars that are five cubits each. So when you've got five and five, you've got 10. What is significant with the number 10? 10, um, you get a bet din in order to have a, a judgmental, a recognized um, authority that, that's qualified to make judgments. It, it's got to be com composed of 10, of 10 men. Um, the other thing we've got uh, in our instructions, we have the 10 Devarim, right? The 10 commandments the you know, that the Torah is based on. Okay. So this is significant here. These numbers are significant. So now let's look in 1 Kings 7, 17 and nets of checker work and wreaths of chain work. So looking back here in the New Living Translation in 717, he's saying it's lattice work and interwoven chains. Here he's he's telling us it's nets of checker work and wreaths of chain work for the chapters which were upon the top of the pillars. Seven for one chapter and seven for the other chapter. Okay, so each one has the fullness of, of seven, the number of wholeness, the number of completion, the, the number of promise, right? There's 7,000, you know, we, we work through six days and then seven, we have the day of rest, everything about things being whole, things being complete, right? So for each pillar and the top of each pillar, um, where these nets are, there is a there is completion in each. There is the living Ruach for each one. I find this very interesting. Let's go on 
and read the rest of it here out of the King James in first Kings seven eighteen, And he made the pillars and two rows round about upon the one network to cover the chapiters that were on the top with pomegranates. And so he did for the other chapiter and the chapiters that were upon the top of the pillars were of lily work in the porch four cubits and the chapiters upon the two pillars. Now four, it is, is significant because four speaks of or direction. It's it's things that go to the north, the south, the east, and the west, right? This is what four, it's it's the world, right? It, it's spreading out. It's going in all directions, okay? So we've got another significant number that's involved in this. And the chapters upon the two pillars had pomegranates also above one against the belly, which was by the network and the pomegranates were 200 in rows round about upon the other chapter. And he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple. Okay. These pillars are on the porch. Okay. Remember what we were just talking about. This is where people come is up to the porch when they're trying to figure things out, when they're, they're, they're coming up to something, the first plate things that they come to is the porch, the pillars are on the porch. And he set up the right pillar and called the name Jacob. And he set up the left pillar and called the name Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work. So was the work of the pillars finished. Okay, so now here they've got it saying it's the left and the right, right? Now, when we go back to the New Living Translation, what do we see? We see that one's on the north, one's on the south and one's on the north. I believe that New Living has this exactly right, okay? This is significant. This is a reference to the Southern Kingdom and the Northern Kingdom. This is what we're seeing here, right? The Ezekiel's two sticks that are going to come back together and be held in one hand, Ezekiel 37, okay? So we've got these pillars. We, we see it in Zechariah. There are two witnesses. We see it here. There, there's two on the porch. So let's, let's look at that from that angle, okay? So the last thing I had to read it out of was uh, the Sefer. And so I wanted to just read, I'm trying to see why I wanted to read it. Um, there's really no significance that I don't see a big difference here in reading it out of that, but um just getting right to where I was. And he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple and he set up the, the right pillar and called the name Yaquin. And he set up the left pillar and called the name thereof Boaz. All right. So here we're getting to the Hebrew, which is what I love about this suffer. They restored so many of the Hebrew uh, words, at least with a transliteration. So we can begin to recognize connections. Okay, so now let's look at it. We've got two pillars, the two tops made of copper. Very, very interesting, especially considering what we are learning from Dr. Monzo and the significance of copper. Two copper top pillars, each five cubits tall. So each of them has, to me, this reminds me when, when each has five, I'm thinking each pillar has really got something down. Each pillar has five things. Didn't Yahushua tell us that he could reduce all of the law of the Torah and the prophets to two commandments? 
right? So to me, that means he could contain five in each. And in the first one, he said, love Yah with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, everything within you, love him, right? So that would be the first commandment. If you think about the house of, of Judah, right? And what they have done in the Southern kingdom to keep the Torah alive, none of us would have the Torah without the house of, of Judah, right? Our King Yahusha comes from them and he is the living word. We wouldn't have the word without them. They have loved Yah in that way by loving his word and keeping it for us. And we are blessed because of that, because most of us coming out of the house of Ephraim, you know, when you look, I'm studying the Kings. And when you look, we have a very, you know, we, we made up our own stuff, <laughs> right? We were like, yeah, we don't need that. We'll just do it our own way. And that's, that's the hallmark of the Northern kingdom, right? And yet many of us now have been reawoken to the significance of keeping his word and keeping his ways and, and seeing the value of Torah. So you see in the Southern kingdom, right? This, this, uh, Love Yah with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, right? But then you see what's the hallmark really of Christianity, you know, is um, do unto those, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. There, There's a lot of love. There's a lot of brotherly love, right? There's a lot of compassion. And so what was the second thing Yahushua said, you know, and love your neighbor as yourself. So you see this over on the other side right? In the Northern kingdom per se, which I believe is mostly made up of the Christian community, right? All right. So we're looking at these two topper, uh, these two tops made of copper, two copper top pillars, each five cubits tall. They had a number of 10 when put together. Now I found this, um, I've got a little link here, uh, copper health professional fact sheet. This is comes from, I always find this so funny when things come from the national Institute of health, right? And they're telling us significant things, uh, disclosure, right? So copper, this is what they have to say about copper, copper, an essential mineral. Listen with the ear of the Ruach. He who has an ear to hear, listen to what, this is saying, okay, understand this and put it together with what Dr. Monzo is teaching us about copper. All right. And what's going on in the world right now with the technology that is designed to deplete the copper out of humans. All right. The entities live on it. Okay. Copper, an essential mineral is naturally present in some foods and is available as a dietary supplement. It is a cofactor for several enzymes known as cuproenzymes involved in energy production, iron metabolism, and neuropeptide activation, connective tissue synthesis, and neurotransmitter synthesis. All right. Our body desperately needs this copper to function correctly. One abundant cuproenzyme is ceruloplasmin, CP, which plays a role in iron metabolism and carries more than 95% of the total copper in healthy human plasma. Copper is also involved in many 
physiological processes such as angiogenesis. Now, I, um, I'm so glad Nurse Lee is here because you guys know I don't have the medical understanding of this. I'm flowing in the Ruach for what he gives me. I'm lucky to have Nurse Lee as my ministry partner because <laughs> places that y'all takes me, I don't end up understanding, but she has the medical knowledge to understand a lot of these things, right? And so she'll end up probably playing off some of this for us and giving us more insight as we go forward, right? Okay, so let me just read one abundant cupo cupro enzyme is seruloplasmin, which plays a role in iron metabolism and carries more than 95% of the total copper in healthy human plasma. Copper is also involved in many physiological processes such as angiogenesis, neurohormone, homeostasis and regulation of gene expression. Now, this is what I've learned from Dr. Monzo and my test results, which we're going to do a show on, on January the 4th, Wednesday, January the 4th at 1 p.m. EST. When I got my report back, I mean, what he explained to me, Nurse Lee and I listened to it together because not only did I get like a 20 page report, from taking this Quest 4 diagnostic test, but I got a 45-minute um, voice message recording from Dr. Monzo explaining to me what that 20-page report was saying about my body, right? And, and what he said is, oh, no wonder every detox that you've done has not worked because all of these genes are turned off in your body and we've got to get your genes turned back on. So this is very interesting that copper plays a part in the regulation of gene expression. I can verify what he's telling me right from the fact sheet of the NIH.gov concerning copper that was written for health professionals. All right. Amazing. All right. So it's regulation of gene expression, brain development, pigmentation, and immune system functioning. Ding, 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 ding. Right there. In addition, defense against oxidative damage depends mainly on the copper-containing superoxide dismutasis, all right? This is, this is amazing to me. You know, what we're seeing here right in the word, it is interesting, Asia. <laughs> I love it. I love Asia's comment here. She's just got, wow, interesting, because it is to me too. All right. So now let's dig into what we see in Yah's word concerning this. You know, I'm, let me see if I have this up. I just, I had one other, let me put this up just for a minute. So I was just looking at some copper. Yeah, it, it well, it would be James. James is saying it's a much better um, copper is a much better conductor than brass or bronze. That's because it's pure. Brass and bronze are mixtures of, of copper plus other metals to make brass or bronze, right? So it's not pure. 
Oh, thank you, Lee. Angiogenesis is growth of blood vessels from existing vasculature. I knew she'd come up with further understanding. Thank you so much, Nurse Lee, because I, I don't know what that is, right? Let's look. Oh, I will say, and in recent years, people have been stealing copper out of houses and buildings to sell the scrap metal. Yeah, the value, you know, of copper has gone up tremendously. Yeah, we see that, right? Right. And so Nurse Lee is saying this, it's affecting our ability to grow new vessels so that the blood and the life is in the blood can continue to flow. <laughs> Is we're not going to continue to live without blood flow, right? Supplying all of our organs. Very interesting. So I just put this up for a minute, just looking, you know, coppers, the, the chemical element with the symbol CU. I just wanted you to see what it's got here uh, um, on Wikipedia because I just thought it was interesting. You know, they're talking about how it was mined. I've come across some information that was just incredible um, out of uh, Stephen Collins' book. He writes it over and over and over about all the copper that was mined out of the United, uh, uh, the what's now the United States of America, but what, what was mined to bring to David and Solomon by the Phoenicians in that time period, you know, and, and they don't, nobody acknowledges that at all, you know, but I just wanted to show you, there's kind of an interesting um, article here. I was just looking at some of the pictures on it. I'm, it's a long article, you know, but it's interesting. There's the, the picture of it right there. Here it is. I thought this was interesting the, uh, on the oxidization right? And how it turns green. But I really thought this was interesting because on Dr. Monzo's presentation, he's talking about red pill, blue pill, and how this is what we're seeing. And so he's talking about this copper right here, the red iron and the, the blue copper and how, how it is in the body. And you can see it here again, another example by what he has been trying to show us with all that. All right. So back to my presentation here. So let's look at the word picture. So um, one definition of the pillar. So I, I'm leaving the copper uh, and I'm talking about the pillar. One definition of the pillar is described as a column of smoke in the Brown Driver Briggs. Well, what are we? Our life is but a vapor. Our prayers arise as smoke and incense, which the angels, you know, that's the essence of our Ruach communicating with his Ruach, right? So, so a pillar can also be, you know, a, a, a smoke, a column of smoke that's rising. Okay. And, and, and so I find that very interesting. Nets, the word is sabak, the lattice work of netting. Okay, think about what we're what we're even seeing if you look at that reports from under the desk. What they're trying to replace their the the network that's in us that Yah designed with their own network. Okay, that's what we're seeing happen. <laughs> so nets, the word is sabak. Lattice work of netting as an ornament for catching the unused root. It means to entwine, 
to entwine. But well, how does things become strong when our lives entwine together? Right. When we become one people serving one Elohim, we we are entwined. Right. It's happening even right now in this fellowship and and iron sharpens iron and we we help each other. Right. To, to rise up higher and to do more. So lattice work of netting as an ornament for catching. Right. So so how are fish caught with a net? So the pillars have nets over them for the kingdom of Yah as as unto a net. Look at the teaching on the 153 fish that I did to, to get further understanding on that. We've got that on the channel. All right. So let's look at Sabak. We've got a shin, a bet, and a cough, right? So you can see the, the chewing of the teeth, things that, that break things down. We've got the bet, a house, and then we have a hand, right? Or a net. So what does the net do? Consume the house with the open hand, right? Yah, yah, is he's, 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 taking it on. He's jealous for us. He's covering us with this net and it's meant to get the whole, to bring the whole house in, to consume it, to bring it in. That's what a net does. A net is thrown out into the midst of the world to catch those things that, are, you know, belong into the house. Now, what do we know happens? The good and the bad are caught, right? He, at the end, they're, they're catching their keeping the good fish and throwing the bad out. This is what happens when you throw out a net, but it's on the porch, right? It, it's facing the porch. So consume the house with the open hand, with, with, with his covering, with his love, because he, he desires that no man um, perishes, right? Interesting. I'm looking at y'all's comments for a minute. I have to just add in so, so that we can all have the discussion. Lee is saying, sometimes people do this when they have a heart vessel blocked. They grow their own to fix it. And now Asia saying, just find that, that topic, Lee, so amazing. When I worked at Florida Blood Bank in Pensacola, I learned a lot regarding the cells. Very interesting. It really all is. It's fascinating to me, too. We're just going to keep digging here and digging here, you know, because more and more is being revealed as we go down this road. All right. So let's keep looking. The rees of chain that we were looking at. Okay. It is gadil in Hebrew and it means it's twisted threads, tassels or festoons. You know, uh, look at the amazing network, you know, of, of the blood vessels, of the veins, of the nerves, right? And we are all one body of Yahusha. Okay, this it's amazing to me what was revealed when Lee and I did the series on the 12 tribes and the 12 body systems. I'm seeing all this as I'm studying this. It's it's really interesting. So the root has the connotation of something that's twisted together. Look at this root. We've got a gimel, a dalit, a lamed. So the word picture, this gimel is all about how you're walking. It's the foot right? It's how you're walking. And what is the, the Dalit? It's, it's the doorway, the pathway that you're on. So what's it telling us in here with these rees, these chains, uh, you know, that have been woven together. He's telling us together, walk 
the pathway of your shepherd. Do this with each other. It's what we're doing right now here today as we study together. Now, the pillars were located on the porch of the temple. The porch, the word is ulam, okay? So we have the ox head, the olive. We've got the lamed, the shepherd's staff, right, for control. He helps control, guide the sheep where they're supposed to be going. And then we've got an, an M, which is the, the waters, which is always representative of the masses of humanity out in all the nations. It's very chaotic. So the word picture is that the pillars are designed, right, pillars, porch. The porch is a place where his strong leadership delivers us from chaos, come up onto the porch. We may not be able, just like I was talking about in Mercy Poured Forth this morning, we are not, it's not yet revealed who we are. We're not in the, we're not in, in the inner chambers yet, right? We're, we're on, on the porch, I believe, right? We're on the porch of the temple. <laughs> the, some, and we're there to be a light on the porch, right? And to be these pillars on the porch that are standing for Yah, you know, shining the way for others. The pillar towards the south, the southern kingdom, Yehuda, is named Yakin. okay? The Brown Driver Briggs definition of this name is that he will establish. Let's look at it in the pictograph. His work, so Yakin means his work covers with the cough. We've got a yod and a cough and a yod and a noon. His work, the work of the hand, covers, right, like the net, like the corner of the garment, like hidden underneath the shadow of his wing. It, it, all these things are established with the with the kuf, with the cough. His work covers the deeds, our work of the generations, everything that we're supposed to be doing and our work, he's covering that with his protection by his, by the work that he did as the right hand of the father, when giving his life for us, it covers us, right? His blood covers us as we do the work to pro propitiate the generations that the generations may go forth, right? The pillar, and, and so this, when you're looking, this is the Southern Kingdom. What work did they do? They kept the Torah. The, the, the Southern house kept his word together or else none of us would have it. We've got to be thankful to Brother Yehuda for doing this, okay? So I see that, that pillar on the porch. Then I'm looking at the North Pillar, the Northern Kingdom, Israel, it's named Boaz. Very interesting. The definition is fleetness out of the brown driver bigs. Fleetness, right? Very interesting. Okay. So the word picture I got, bet, ayin, and, and uh, zodi, you know, which is a weapon, which, which either it's an axe or a plow. It, it, it does the work of a harvest. Okay, so I find this very interesting because what happened to the northern kingdom, they really made all their alliances and embraced every God, false Elohim of the nations. That's the history, 
when you when we go through and we're reading through the rest of the book of Kings and what the Kings did as these kingdoms split, you're going to see this is the hallmark of the house of Israel who now, you know, most of the, of the believers that are in Christianity, um, this is, is where they're at. Right. So let's look at the word picture that this was their, the job of the Northern kingdom, right. That out of the house from the, eye of Horus is going to come a harvest. Isn't that true? We, I mean, we followed false Elohims. We set up our own uh, uh, calendar. We changed times and seasons. We changed his feast into doing what we wanted to do. We, you know, we followed after the, the, the false Elohims of other nations and pretended that they were, you know, right away, Jeroboam shut up, set up the two golden calves and said, these are, these are your gods. Oh, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. He was putting them right back in Egypt in their worship system, right? So I want to look at some of y'all's comments here. So Nina's saying the two houses coming together along with these two pillars and speaking about copper reminds me for some reason about how twisted pairs are made up of two insulated copper wires that are twisted. Very interesting, right? Yep. The two, the uh, making a stronger connection or two, you know, and a three, four fold cord is not easily broken, right? Oh. Uh, this is how they make wiring for electrical lines. Very interesting. All right. Let me see if I had anything else here. So that was it. That was what I had today to share on this audio discussion. Yay, we're right at about an hour. So that's great. Thank you guys for all your comments. Thank you for being with me. Whether you're here watching now or watching in the future, I pray that this is a blessing unto you. I pray that you get even more revelation as you in your prayer time with God, that he takes this little bit and expounds upon it in your understanding. Okay, because we're all going to need as much understanding as we can get as we face the days that are coming. And I, I just lift every single one of you up that are in the path of this storm. Yahweh, lift up uh, your people to you. I ask you to help us to retain our witness, Father, for you in the days that are ahead. I pray that you put the strength of living in your shalom, no matter what storms rage. We, we know that you are the one who is able to calm the storm. And sometimes you calm the storm and sometimes you just calm your children and you do things the way that you see foot see fit and let us be a good strong and pure witness unto all those who come up to your porch in the name of Yahusha blessings to each one of you and shalom
Oh. 